This is episode 393 of the AWS podcast, released on September 20th, 2020. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back and I'm joined by two very special guests to talk about a very interesting topic. Firstly, I'm joined by Sarisha Mupala, who is an AIML Specialist Solutions Architect here at AWS and she provides guidance to customers on architecting and implementing machine learning solutions at scale. She received her PhD in Computer Science from the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs and she's also the author of a recently released Machine Learning Lens Well-Architected Review White Paper, which many of you may have seen. Welcome to the podcast and welcome back to the podcast. Sarisha. Thank you, Simon. Great to be back here again. Thanks for having us today. Uh, pleasure. And we're also joined by Mona Mona, who is an AIML specialist solutions architecture architect, I should say, working with the AWS Worldwide Public Sector team. And she works with public sector customers to help them adopt machine learning on a large scale. Mona, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Simon. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, good, to, good to have you here. So the topic we're going to talk about today. So you know, machine learning, AIML, you hear it everywhere. It's gaining popularity. And really, it's no longer just a sort of aspirational technology that the academic and research institutions focus on. It's really evolved into a mainstream technology that can benefit organizations of all sizes. And so um, maybe, Sarisha, let me start with you. Which business verticals are you seeing actually using this technology? Um, you're very correct, uh, Simon. In the commercial sector, I see customers across really multiple verticals taking advantage of this AI and uh, ML technologies. Uh, just as an example, we see retail customers like Zappos that are using AI and ML to provide recommendations to their customers. Uh, on the other side of uh, the industries here in the hospitality industry, we have customers like Hyatt Hotels that are providing elevated personalized experiences to their guests using ML. And similarly, in the airline industries, we have customers like uh, United Airlines that are using ML to gamify their mild redemption program in order to drive better business outcomes. And in transportation industry, we have a trucking company, Convoy, uh, who uses an AI technique to provide better matches for their shippers and truckers allowing them to both move the freight more efficiently while lowering the cost for both the parties that are involved. And these are just a a sample of the customers we are seeing. There are really a wide variety of industries that are actively leveraging AI and ML these days. It's interesting to see those uh, practical applications. Mona, what about from a public sector perspective? What are you seeing uh, being used out there? So in public sector, we have customers across various verticals, uh, such as education, nonprofits, federal organizations using AWS for their AIML workloads. For example, NASA uses machine learning to power their voice interface for ROV-E. ROV-E is their educational robot, and it helps inspire the next generation of explorers by visiting schools, community organizations, and other other public outreach events. FINRA is another example. Um, FINRA is a not-for-profit organization, and they receive millions of documents with unstructured data to support investigative uh, examination and compliance processes. They are using machine learning to process these documents. This has exponentially increased the scope of investigations while shortening the time to conclusion. 
talking about education, College Board is a great example of using machine learning to generate and analyze many millions of calendars. And they have created an August exam date. And that date proved so popular that there weren't enough seats in the first year. Almost in their nearly 100 years of doing the SATs, they had never considered August. So these are just few sample and there really are a wide variety of industries and verticals which are actively using AIML. So then with that as a context, let's get into the, the topic for today, which is machine learning explainability. And I guess, Sarisha, can you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, an explanation when you think about in general terms is really the answer to the why question. When we apply this to machine learning and use ML to make predictions, the idea of explainability is that whether we as humans are able to explain the decision made by these ML models to the end consumers or not, which means can we explain both the positive and the negative results uh, of the outcomes of these machine learning models? And if and when things go wrong, can we track down the reason? That is basically, are we able to debug the models? Explainability, in my opinion, is basically the why behind the decisions made by the machine learning model. Decisions like, why was my credit card application denied? Um, Why was my loan not approved? Uh, Maybe, Mona, uh, can you add uh, something here? Sure, Uh, sounds good, Sirisha. So in human terms, explainability is the extent to which you can explain the internal mechanics of a machine learning or deep learning system. It is in contrast to the concept of the black box in which even the system designers or a data scientist cannot explain why a machine learning deep learning model arrives at a specific decision. So addressing the why to the decisions made by AI is why we need explainability. For example, if you are predicting house prices using a linear model, you do not know whether it's size of the house or number of rooms that are the factors to predict the price of a house. So this is where explainability comes into picture. Moreover, there are two concepts in explainability, global explainability and local explainability. Global explainability aims at making the overall machine learning model transparent and comprehensive. For example, with global explanations, you can predict which variable contributed to overall prediction of the model. Whereas with local explainability, it focuses on explaining the model's individual predictions. And Mona, why is it important to be able to explain these models? Explainability and interpretability, which is closely related to explainability, has benefits across multiple industries. With explainability, your model is not a black box anymore and you are able to justify or explain the predictions made by AI systems. This makes it understandable by humans. Explainability also helps with improving and debugging the model since you can look inside the black box model and various feature interactions happening inside those models. Moreover, explainability increases the comfort level for the model consumers, and it also builds trust in the prediction made by the AI systems. 
It also improves adoption of the model by understanding the uncertainty inherent to machine learning models. Sirisha, what is your perspective towards it? I think explainability becomes increasingly important in really in proportion to the impact the predictions of these AI ML models have on humans. Take, for example, uh, while explaining a bad machine learning based movie recommendation to the customer may not be that critical, but we as model developers better be able to explain why a patient was prescribed a certain dosage of medicine by a machine learning model, right? So that becomes much more critical than <laughs> watching a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much more serious. And you mentioned interpretability. And how does that relate to explainability? And are they the same concept or, or different? Um, they're related topics, uh, but different. Interpretability is basically about being able to understand the mechanics of the machine learning model without necessarily knowing why you need to understand that. Whereas explainability is being able to you know, explain what is going on. Explainable models can be considered interpretable by default, but the reverse is not always true. As a first step to creating these explanation mechanisms, there is a new line of research in interpretability, which is loosely defined as a science of comprehending what a model did or what a model might have done. It is the ability to explain in the understandable terms by human. For the humans to be able to trust black box methods, we really need explainability. Models that are able to summarize the reasons for uh, neural network behavior, for example, so that you can gain the trust of the users or produce insights about the causes of their decisions. Mona, you have uh, something to add here? Yeah, sounds good, Sirisha. I read a really neat example of explaining the difference between the two. And I think of it this way, say you are doing a science experiment at school. The experiment might be interpretable in so far, like as you can see what you're doing with the experiment, but it is only really explainable once you dig into the chemistry behind what you can see happening with that particular experiment. So that's pretty much summarizes the difference between both terms. And, and so why, why should a machine learning practitioner really worry about this? It feels like more to think about. Yeah, definitely uh, something extra for the machine learning practitioners to think about, right? Um, let's take a, a specific example to talk through this. Let's take a financial industry, for example. While machine learning can be a valuable tool in uh, credit arts risk management, but the regulations in the credit uh, risk reporting field require that all negative credit decisions be explained to the consumers. Many banking applications also require uh, this understanding of the driving factors behind these machine learning models as well. In such cases, model validators really need to set standards for explainability requirements for the machine learning models. So these models that are generated with inadequate explainability are identified and remediate long before they can be used in making such critical decisions. Also, in public sector especially, some existing deployed systems and regulations makes the need for explanatory system urgent and timely. 
with impending regulations like the European Union's right to explanations and also requirements for safe and secure AI in safety critical tasks, which basically iterates that, that users have a right to an explanation concerning algorithm-created decisions that are based on personal information. So obviously in the financial sector, it's, it's pretty obvious where some key decisions are made that you'd want to be able to explain. Suresh, are there, are there other domains where this is important? Absolutely. Think about really any industry where the model has impact on the business outcomes and also has a direct impact on people. For a team that is uh, developing machine models, the responsibility to explain model predictions increases as that impact of the predictions on the business outcomes and their end consumers increases. So like we talked about uh, before, um, consumers are likely to accept a movie recommendation from an ML model without needing any real explanation. The consumer may or may not agree with the recommendation, but the need to justify the prediction is relatively low on the model developers. On the contrary, if an ML model predicts a patient's drug dosage to administer. The model developers better be able to address questions such as, why should I take 10 mg of this new drug that you're prescribing for me? In this case, the model developers are responsible for explaining this uh, prediction. For this reason, gaining visibility into the training process itself and developing human explainable ML models is uh, important across multiple verticals. So if we think about that, having ML explainability is important, then the question then becomes who, who needs to worry about it? Is it the data scientists building the models or is it the business owners who are providing the, the inputs and business logic and, and components around that? Mona, what's your thoughts? So I will talk through an example here. So consider the example of a bank customer and let's call him Alex. And like with most customers today, whenever Alex interacts with the bank, uses his credit cards, makes any kind of purchases either in person or online, his information or data is captured by the bank. This information is fed to the financial models. Let's say Alex had some repayment problems in his financial history or in the past. However, when Alex applies for a loan, these financial models are predicting the outcome of the loan application process. That is whether the loan is accepted or rejected based on Alex's data fed into a financial model. So in this scenario, let's say that the model predicts with 68% accuracy that loan should be rejected. This is a type of thing that happens every day around the world. This leads to questions from Alex. Why exactly was my loan rejected? And the bank should be able to explain it. Even if Alex doesn't ask this question, a good bank executive or a good bank manager should be asking a similar question, if not the same question. Why was business critical decisions made to reject Alex's loan? What was the factor which leads to rejection? Was it his repayment problem or some other feature which contributed to this outcome? However, the data scientist who has created this model is all about accuracy. So they may or may not have good answers when they are trying to explain the model results. This is where the business team input about explainability requirements as part of the model validation is very critical. 
So to answer your specific question, Simon, both business owners and data scientists should care about explainability and they should make sure that they, they are able to explain such business critical decisions made by the models or algorithms in place. And it also helps to build trust with their predictions. Thanks, Mona. So, so Sharisha, given that th this seems to be a, a sort of burgeoning area, are there any approaches or frameworks that are popular with ML practitioners? Yes, definitely. Um, the explainability of AI and ML is such a hot topic of research currently and is continuing to evolve as we speak. Um, and there are a few techniques and frameworks that are more popular than others. One of the approaches to explainability is really understanding the feature importance. At a very high level, what this uh, technique does is it explains the features that make up the training data using a score that reflects the overall importance of a particular feature. Another popular open source tool is uh, SHAP, which stands for Shapely Additive Explanations. SHAP uses Shapely values that is, uh, has its basis in coalition game theory. It explains an ML prediction by assuming that each feature value of the training data instance is a player in a game in which the payout is the prediction. Shapley values indicate how to distribute the payout fairly among the features. The values consider all possible predictions of an instance and uses all possible combinations of input. And because of this exhaustive approach, SHAP can guarantee consistency and also local accuracy. And yet another uh, framework that is gaining uh, popularity is LIME, which stands for Local Interpretable Model Agnostic Explanations. This technique uses local surrogate models, which are interpretable models that are used to explain individual predictions of the machine learning models. Um, like I mentioned, Simon, there are really quite a few more evolving tools and open source frameworks, but these are the most popular ones at, at this time. That's really interesting. And so if we consider that a lot of people who do machine learning and particularly data scientists and practitioners on, on AWS will be using something like Amazon SageMaker, is there anything it can do to help our customers achieve this explainability? Um, that's a great segue into Amazon SageMaker. For audience who are not familiar with Amazon SageMaker service, it is a fully managed service that enables developers and uh, data scientists to quickly and easily build, train, and deploy machine learning models um, at any scale. Amazon SageMaker Debugger is a capability within Amazon SageMaker that automatically provides visibility into the model training process for both real-time and offline analysis. The way the debugger works is during model training, the debugger saves the internal model state as tensors at periodic intervals. This is a state that is available to you to analyze in real time, both during training or offline after the training is complete. Now, some of the inbuilt tensor collections that are collected by SageMaker Debugger include the feature importance, the full SHAP value, and the average SHAP value that we previously discussed. And because these tensor collections are natively integrated with the debugger capability, you as a model developer don't have to do any implementation on your own. Instead, you can use this built-in tensor collections and visualize and analyze the captured tensors for model explanation. 
That is very cool. Mona, what about from your perspective? So another neat use of these tensors collected is the ability to use debugger rules on them. So what are rules and how you can, so rules can be used to analyze these tensors that are emitted during the training of the model. They monitor conditions that are critical for the success of a training job. For example, they can detect whether gradients are getting too large or too small, or if a model is being overfitted. Debugger comes with pre-packaged with certain Python built-in rules. And you can also create your custom rules to monitor your training job. So then based on the tensors that are collected, when do you get the explanations? Is it during the training or after the training? So you can do both. And Sirisha very well summarize the process in detail where you are using those tensors during the training and also after the training with sharp values. Typical path is data going into the model, and from model, we do predictions. Here, data is also going into the shaft framework, and it comes out as an explainability model. It can happen during training or post-model generation. Amazon SageMaker debugger can provide both paths for getting explanations, either during or after model training. And so how do you then analyze the tensors? Is, is it a library to do it, or is it out of the box? How does it work? Uh, the debugger capability of SageMaker uses a Python library called SMDebug. Uh, the SMDebug library has a concept of trial, which basically represents a single training run. And within the trial, you have this idea of a step which uh, represents a single batch of the training job. As you would expect, each trial has multiple steps and a collected tensor has a particular value at each one of these steps. And as expected, the tensor values are all stored in Amazon S3. Once the feature importance, full SHAP and average SHAP tensor collections are captured during training, you can use a variety of graphs and plots to analyze them. Take, for example, uh, global explanations, which show you how much each feature contributed to the final model. In this case, a bar graph or a summary plot would be a great tool um, for global explanations. A summary graph basically indicates which features are the most important and also their range of effects over the entire data set. And similarly, when you turn to uh, local explanations, on the other hand, which focus on explaining each individual prediction, a force plot uh, can add uh, a lot of value in here. A force plot explanation will show you how features contribute to pushing the model output from an average value of the model output. You can use these tensors uh, to analyze outliers as well. Outliers are basically extreme values that deviate from uh, other observations in the data. It is useful to understand the influence of these various features for outlier predictions just to determine if it's a novelty or if it's an error during the experimentation or is it shortcoming within the model algorithm itself. And we just discussed a few plot types that are uh, applicable for global and local and outlier analysis, but there are several more available through any kind of Python libraries or matplotlib libraries that you can explore to further analyze and visualize these uh, tensors captured during training. And, and will a single explainability framework provide the explanations for all the machine learning or, or deep learning models that you've got, or do we need to use a variety of different frameworks? 
So basically, there are two types of approaches or frameworks for explaining models. The first one is model agnostic, which can take any model and provide explanations. For example, Lime. Uh, and Sirishta pretty much summarized what Lime is. Another type is model specific. So it has to be specific to model type. For example, some algorithms only support tree-based models. Coming back to Sharp, Sharp comes with various explainers. Tree explainer is used for tree-based methods such as random forest and XGBoost, while deep explainer and gradient explainer support TensorFlow neural network. Sharp also has model agnostic explainers such as kernel explainer, sampling explainer, and partitional explainer for any model. So with kernel explainer, you can provide an arbitrary function that maps input to output. And you can use kernel explainer for PyTorch framework, which is again a very popular deep learning framework. And all these explainer are Python libraries, which is open source and it is available. And um, SHAP sounds really good, but where, where doesn't it fit? An intuitive way to understand the shapely value is that the feature values enter a room in random order. All features value in the room participate in the game, which contribute to the prediction. The shapely value of a feature value is the average change in the prediction that the coalition already in the room receives. When the feature value joins them, so from this example, it is very clear the order of the features matters and the number of permutation and combination of features matters to determine the complexity of the model. To answer your specific question, SHAP may not work in cases where you have millions of features as computation time increases exponentially with number of features. That's really fascinating. Is, is there anything else that, that our audience should be aware of? Simon, uh, in the in the blog that is provided as a resource attached to this podcast recording, we show a detailed model explainability analysis of a very specific use case. Uh, the use case is basically predicting if uh, an individual's income is less than or greater than or equal to fifty thousand per year in U.S. dollars. We use Amazon SageMaker debugger in the blog to analyze how features like age, relationship status, and the number of hours of work, or even the capital gains of a particular individual explain this uh, uh, prediction. Global explainability analysis shows how the relationship status is the most important feature that plays the most important role in predicting the uh, uh, if the income probability is higher than 50K very surprisingly. And also, when you look at the local explainability for a particular data point, uh, it showed that the prediction probability is slightly higher than the average value, primarily because this person was in a relationship status and to a smaller degree because of the higher than average age. So this kind of analysis of the feature gives you that insight into your data so that you can better able to explain the model outcomes. So so I highly recommend the uh, audience here to go through that blog and uh, uh, look at the, the ana detailed analysis included there. It's a, a fascinating new world of getting insight into these uh, these highly complicated models. Sarisha, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, and helping us understand. Absolutely. My pleasure. We really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Simon. 
No worries. And Mona, thank you for also helping uh, us explain explainability. Thanks, Simon. It was my pleasure. No problems. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place for that. And until next time, keep on building.